All righty, today on the show, The Secret Library Code, translating hipster Catholicism, and a new Catholic talks about the Mass, our picks of the week, and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. It is time for the CU Weekly. We are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's number 368 this episode. Ooh. Don't know why I said that out of order, but, uh, you know, try to change things up a little bit because, do you know, I've been saying it's episode number fill in the blank here for 368 episodes now. I haven't altered that at all. Wow. Well, it be t- time to change the show notes just for fun. Hmm. I also say I am Father Chris Decker. Joining us <laughs> this week, uh, we got Kathleen Lee. She's the religion teacher at Archbishop Chappelle High School in Metairie. She is our locally sourced faith ninja. Hello, mm-hmm. Kathleen. Uh, good to be here. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Indeed it is. Mm-hmm. Let us build three booths. <laughs> one for you, one for Olivia, and one for our studio guests. Olivia is here. Olivia Galino. She's the associate director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Hello, Olivia. Hello. And, of course, uh, Jeff Blackwell is the technical director of the Jeff Star One Near-Earth Orbit Satellite. We call him Commandant, which is his, uh, you know, his designation. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Oh, apparently we got to turn his microphone on. Who knows? I Jeff, had it doing? on. I was just, that's one of them goofy things that audio people do. Right? Yeah, he was, <laughs> you know. he was joshing with us. Oh, wow. Like, test, yeah. test. <laughs> or he was Jeffing with us. Yeah, anyway. Never mind. Also, I got you. I got you. All right. Yeah. Over in the video cave, we have Ed Ball, who never plays tricks on us. Yes. And, uh, of course, he, if he if he did, if you're listening on the radio, you wouldn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. But uh, if you do like what you see, and we hope that you do, it's it's Ed. It's Ed switching the video, making the things pretty. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, uh, I still, I don't know about y'all, I still go to the library when I can. Mm-hmm. I do not. I have a really small one in, in my, my little parish town, but I like to go to the library. Yeah, I still have my library card, and I, I've let it expire basically every time I get a new one, so I have to pay a dollar for the new one. Oh, yeah. But, um, but yeah. Of course, now your library, library card, card gets you more than just the books, too. I mean, yeah, you have access to a lot of the computer stuff. online things. And I believe, Kathleen, if you have a library card that's current, you can rent movies and things, too. Oh, oh you definitely yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely I drive can. by and longingly wish, like, I wish I was... In there, but no. <laughs> <laughs> there's a and certain just, smell. There's just something about that's, it. Yeah, for me, that that's true. the thing. Yeah. There's yeah, there's this this olfactory connection that mm-hmm. that my nose <laughs> yeah. makes right, mm-hmm. right. that isn't even the same in a bookstore. Yeah, I mean, I True. find that that like uh, locally owned bookstores. I don't know why this matters. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. just crazy. It's possible that a locally owned bookstore where the books there are some used books and things, so you get oh, that yeah, kind of yeah, musty, yeah. vellumy smell. Oh, yeah. That's what libraries smell like, and I like that. Yeah, yeah there's a bookstore in Baton Rouge, Cottonwoods. It's been around for you know 30 plus yeah. years. Mm-hmm. That place smells like actual heaven because it's just all these old books that are just slowly decomposing, and it yep. just releases this wonderful perfume. Yeah. Mm. Indeed, like and I imagine, like it's all the oils from people's hands that have touched mm-hmm. them, like oh, and what and what all they were doing. <laughs> well, I mean, but like, I mean, were they eating and Cheetos Ken while they were interest level exceeded? <laughs> yeah. Like, were they eating che- Cheetos well, while they were flipping oh, through? Gross. You're yeah. this Did they me. just put lotion on? A little lilac, you know. Lavender. Uh, well, let's con- continue our low CO demeanor here. Uh, people's juice. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Welcome to the Catholic Underground, mm-hmm. for those right. of you who are new. Uh, yeah, so anyway, a librarian discovered a secret code used by elderly library goers. So, and, and so she, she's um, following this on, on, a, on a Twitter feed here. So she's kind of updating every, every day uh, her discovery of something. And so I'll take you through some of these here on, the, uh, on, on her Twitter feed. 
Um, so this is, uh, let's see here. So a librarian uh, goes into the library and she says, so there was a mystery at the library today. She says, a, a, a wee old woman uh, came in and said, I have a question. Why does page seven in all of the books I take out have the seven underlined in pen? She says, it seems odd. What? I say, thinking she might be a bit off her rocker. She showed me and indeed they did. Mm-hmm. So she asked, uh, she says, are you doing this? And the lady said she wasn't, and then she showed the new book that she was getting out and hadn't even, you know, taken out off of the shelf yet. And sure enough, the number seven was underlined. She says, I don't know, maybe somebody really likes page seven, Hmm. Um, assuming maybe that there's a serial killer in the library, (laughs) because that's what she's thinking. Like, there's somebody, you know... So, uh, so the librarian uh, goes to, to check other books. Most didn't have it, but a lot in the particular genre did. And she said they're uh, what she calls wee old woman books. <laughs> I don't know what that would be. But mm. ro- romance, actually, she says, romance is set in wartime Britain, et cetera. It's very oh. specific. That is a specific genre. In fact, it's probably like its own sub-sub-subcode of the mm-hmm. Dewey Decimal System. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so she says, lots of underlined sevens. The woman who pointed it out shrugged and went on her way and, you know, just thought you should know. But, of course, being a librarian, because librarians, they love a good research project, yep. right? Especially if there's a serial killer in the library. A good <laughs> mystery. Yeah. So, uh, manager came back from doing arts and crafts with some kids, and so she told her about the serial killer in the library, she mm-hmm. said. And that's how she found out that a lot of the elderly clientele at the library have secret codes to mark which books they've read before. Mm. So, huh. and oh. she says, you know, our computers do it automatically, um, but many have been marking their books since before there were computers doing this. Mm-hmm. So Esther might underline page seven, but Anne might draw a little star on the last page, and Fred might put an F on the title page. Then when they pick it up, they can check, and they know that they've read the book. Uh-huh. Isn't that uh-huh. something? Interesting. This is really, really cool. quite clever, but she says, now I'm just dying to underline page seven every week. <laughs> <laughs> Old woman book that they get in just to... Anyway. Oh. With so, so she updates her Twitter. So good news, there's not a serial killer in the library whose MO includes the number seven in wartime romances. Bad news, she says, because she's a librarian, remember. Uh, people are defacing books rather than just asking us to scan them. So, angry face emoji. I know, and then a little angry face emoji. Wow, yeah, yeah. she's passionate about yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, and so, and so uh, this, this particular thread on Twitter has gone viral, hmm. and, um, and Georgia Granger... Uh, g- basically has to kind of uh, atone for saying that she, this uh, defacing of library <laughs> books. She's, she says, I'm concerned now that the people enjoying this thread means there's going to be a whole new spate of readers using secret codes. Apologies to librarians everywhere. Um, she says, although in truth, I find it hard to be annoyed about it, better than torn pages and fe- uh, felt pen graffiti. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, felt pen graffiti is no, no, unconscionable. No, no. Or like a kid who got a that crayon bleeds. and just started going to town. Right. Oh, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. Yeah. And as it turns out, I mean, she continues the Twitter thread. She says that it turns out that uh, that other people had heard of the secret library codes used by the elderly in their own libraries. And um, one lady uh, replying says, I remember going to the library uh, with my gran in Scotland in the 70s. Oh. She knew all the secret codes and would A, look for her own book, and B, look for those from others that she said we, she was used to seeing because they read books similar to her. Oh, it was like Isn't that something? Oh. So, so, yeah. so you get your book recommendations by looking at the code that you recognize that might have been from somebody else. And now, I mean, if you think about it, like that was some of the very first taxonomy. Mm-hmm. Now what computers do to try and get your, your buying and borrowing habits, because I don't know if you go to, uh, to Big Box Bookstore, 
but I'll get a receipt along with my receipt when I buy a book that says, if you're buying this book, then you're probably going to like this book too. Mm. They're usually pretty yeah. pretty right. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that, that's interesting that, yeah. uh, as Jeff Goldblum might say, you know, nature uh, finds a way. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not talking about dinosaurs in the library. That's, no, no. that's a whole I different mean, genre well, I mean, of book. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I really yeah. want to go to my library now, but it's closed. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You have to go tomorrow. Sorry. I feel well, like I mean, I it should... is Sunday. You can't. Yeah. Right, but I'm going to have to maybe start devising my own way to do Facebooks. <laughs> yeah, what would be your... Well, well. What would be, yeah, what what would would you be your... I don't know. Um, I probably... I might put like a... I don't know. A fermata. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe a, a vaguely Christian symbol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that would be generally recognizable. I don't know. What, what do you think? What, Kathleen, would you put... Jeff, what would you put? A Jeff Star one. I don't know. You draw a little satellite? Yeah. A little, a little asterisk satellite. and a one. That's right. <laughs> I'd give it a Cheeto dust smudge. There you go. That would mm. be Kathleen's. Yeah. <laughs> Do you yes. often eat Cheetos while reading? I often eat Cheetos while doing fill in the blank. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? On that note, I think we're going to move on to the next segment. So I'm just going to remind you, you are listening to, you are watching, you are experiencing the Catholic Underground. <laughs> That's awesome. You are listening to The Catholic Underground. We are online at catholicunderground.tv. I'm Father Chris Decker, joined by Jeff Blackwell in space, Olivia Galino on Earth, and Kathleen Lee somewhere near Neptune. <laughs> in between. Somewhere yeah. in between. Yeah. Who knows? She's in the Van Allen belt where all the radiation is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, our picks of the week are coming up, we promise. But, uh, but first, you know, if you happen to be a Catholic... Uh, and you happen to be a, a Catholic of a certain age, you know, not maybe marking pages in books and libraries, right. but a young Catholic. Yeah. I was surprised to learn this, but not really shocked that there is a, a language developing among young Catholics. Yes. Like a hipster Catholic language. Yes. Mm. Y'all, and I love me some young adults. I am one myself. I have plenty of friends who are Catholic young adults. This is something that, like, okay. It's manifesting. Yes. Yeah. And. Well, let's just discuss yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so there's a book let's that came right out in. called The Catholic Hipster Handbook, mm-hmm. um, recently published by a guy named Tommy Ty. Yeah, over on uh, on the Twitter. Yes. The GH is the silent. The GH is, is silent. his Twitter handle. Yes, indeed. Yeah. He's a Catholic blogger, um, an influencer all the way from California. Right? He's got four kids, um, and his goal is to find and promote the coolest elements of Catholicism. Now, we like to think we're cool. I mean, young adults always think they're cool. Sometimes, no, hold on. Okay. <laughs> right? And the hipster, for those of you who are a little out of touch with youth culture, mm-hmm. is defined as this. A member of a young, urban, upper-middle-class subculture mm-hmm. associated with alternative tendencies in music and fashion. A taste for all things, quote-unquote, vintage. And progressive attitudes, ecological awareness, and alternative lifestyles. Also people that bring their typewriters into the coffee shop. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or like they're digital typewriters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but like... It's, oh, right. It's they like have a new like digital one. word processor. Yeah, it's, it's, like, a, it's a word processor from the 80s. Yeah. 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 Boo-boo. Just get a computer. <laughs> Just save us all the time. Okay. So now, uh, Ty, who is well known in the United States for his online activity, gathers in this book original content about Catholics from a modern and trendy mm. perspective. Because, let's be honest, that's what Catholicism is about. Mm-hmm. Being modern and trendy? Not wrongo. Oh, I see. <laughs> Try again. Now, now along with uh, Tommy Ty, a variety of journalists, writers, influencers, academics, and Catholic clergy and religious mm-hmm. contribute to this pr- uh, practical manual 
right? This book that he wrote, which I have I'm, to admit, I, I don't have a copy of it. I don't either, and I'm wondering if it's just going to aggravate me. <laughs> I, I find this very interesting yeah. because I, I'm always, I'm always interested to see how the faith kind of. Um, uh, finds itself anew in every age, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I think some of the even the, the Catholic hipster movement is is worth following. Yeah, it's yeah. worth following at least what's trending. Yeah, to see how people are experiencing this because one of the things I find about the Catholic hipster movement is they're also very much drawn to because they're drawn to vintage. They're also drawn to tradition. Mm-hmm. That's true. Which means they're drawn to uh, the extraordinary form of the mass. They're drawn to uh, Gregorian chant, mm-hmm. as well as uh, some of the more contemporary forms of worship and things like that. So yeah. it really is very, it's, it's eclectic, mm-hmm. but I think it's eclectic potentially in all the good ways. Yeah. You know, because Catholics, we are not either or in many, 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 many cases. We are both and. We are both This and. could very well be a both and. Mm-hmm. So in My a, humble opinion. Well, I mean. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, So Ty says in the introduction of his book, he says, yes, hipster Catholicism exists and you have friends out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so don't don't feel like you're alone, right? If you happen to have, a, which I don't know if you could, like, like my friends who who I love, my friends love you. Um, my friends who exhibit is this, these is this qualities, a bless your heart kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> my friends who exhibit these qualities, like, there's no one, like, it's. It seems to me to be a trendy thing. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, yeah. And you'd get that from being around people. So, I mean, yeah, of course, hip- Catholic hipsters are not alone. They have to right. get it from somewhere. Yeah. But this is what I wonder. If it's trending, is it really a hipster culture? Oh, you've you know probably I mean? never heard mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, like, yeah, that whole idea. Because I feel like when hipsters first started to really become part of like our mainstream way of talking. It was an attempted individuality. Yeah, like the most hipster people you knew were the people that you said, oh, you're like a hipster, and they had no idea what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Those were the real hipsters. Now it's like anyone and their mom is a yeah. hipster quote unquote so that's yeah. my question for the day is like, because hipsters are aging is that what you're saying no no oh, i just no. feel I like even i don't know like everyone's putting like yeah, right. sticks it's... with string on their walls and calling it art yeah. i literally <laughs> saw that yesterday oh, um lovely. but or like yeah i get you it's you becoming know. it's becoming more of a popular movement yeah rather than um than like an underground subculture yeah yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i was told uh, a number of years ago that i was hipster before being hipster was a thing you would be yeah and but and see, you know what's know also what... true about about your hipster qualities <laughs> oh. is that they're genuine yeah. <laughs> well I, you like you do it regardless of whether people are watching that's true yeah. and i think that is one of my issues like you know what we're going to talk about in just a few minutes is what you're saying is i'm a weirdo <laughs> no i got voted most hipster you, as a write-in option my senior year of college oh, wow so, so weirdos unite <laughs> <that's right. laughs> truth right? anyway well, so there's a language oh well, yeah so one of the things we're going to talk about is catholic hipster slang right okay, yeah and so to understand this trend, because subcultures tend to have their own mode of speaking. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. So to, to better understand this trend, it's good to know the lingo, right? Yeah. And so um, uh, he gives ten phrases explained by um, one of the book's contributors, Sergio Bermudez. Ooh. What a name! That's a hipster name. That is awesome. <laughs> Including both common slang terms and others he himself invented in the hope <laughs> he invented them that they will catch on. Okay. Uh, so right. this Bold. is so. So this is my <laughs> sure. issue with with a lot of these. Um, a lot of See, these. I invent words too, but I never hope they'll catch on. Because yeah. the only thing that matters is in my head, that's the word. Mm-hmm. And that you get to explain them to people when you uh-huh. go, yeah, and they go, right. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, Story so, of my life. so that's one of the things that I'm talking about is when it comes to some of these phrases, and one of the issues that I have is the authenticity of it. Okay. You know what I mean? Sure. Some of these get thrown around and it's like, back up. Okay. Yeah, well, we as Catholics must be concerned about authenticity. Yeah, right? Sure. So number one. <laughs> 
This, this might hurt me here a little go. bit. Okay, that's all right. Number one, We're here. Catholic thirst. Catholic thirst. This is I've never per- heard n- I've, most of I've, these. I've heard several of these. I've never heard this one. When a person desperately wants to get married without much concern about who that future spouse will Yikes. be. Yeah. Their urgency is palpable, and they evaluate everyone they meet from this perspective. I've never heard of this before Wait, ever. Really? I've never so, done it. I haven't heard or- of like, the thirst is real. Okay, I've heard that phrase. Okay, well, they adapted that for what they call thirsty girls. And I'm ashamed that I know this, but here we go. So, like, girls, especially, like, college-age girls Mm -hmm. who are really, like, they're called, like, thirsty girls. And they're just, like, girls who their sole goal in life, and especially in college, is to get married. Got to get that MRS. Oh, (laughs) I well, which, it. you know, the desire, the desire and to no, be married yeah. is good. It's good, but like yeah. to but, the point where you don't even care who yeah. it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that, no, well, no, no. Well, not every man who walks in the room, you're like, hmm? Discernment's yeah. important. You're yeah. marrying 15 guys a day in your mind. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. Yeah. So, so Thirsty the girl. Catholic version of this is, is the desperation for finding the Catholic guy. Right. That's yes. what you're saying. And to have a beautiful Catholic faith marriage. And, yeah. But it's equal opportunity. Guys can be thirsty, too. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. that's why we don't. That's why it says just says Catholic thirst, and mm. I, I, I got it. Okay. Hmm. Interesting thoughts, Kathleen. Uh, none at all. <laughs> none. I've never practiced this at all ever. <laughs> Moving on, number two. Uh, and I, I actually like this when you, this phrase when used appropriately uh-huh. and maturely um, is emotional chastity. Okay. Right. According to Bermudez, this is one of the weirdest terms that he thinks in this okay. slang lexicon. Uh, and it means being disciplined with your emotions. Okay. Now, I think, you know, it's like I am an emotional person. I'm an external processor. So, mm-hmm. like, everything that's in my brain comes out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And I need people to tell me, like, what, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes I, like, growing up, I did a lot with my emotions. And being a woman, it's just I'm going to put it out there. Yeah. Back chat at Catholic Underground if you don't agree. But, like, <laughs> um, you know, we tend to do that. We tend to throw around emotions and, and we're not very careful with that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Olivia, you had something that we were speaking before the show that you had yeah. another kind of take on it. Yeah. And my experience with this term has really like, cause I agree with you that I think mm-hmm. it's a legitimate term and we need to practice like, cause chastity is not just like a physical way of, of, right. of uh, appropriating virtue. But I feel like the way that this one is most often used is like when someone is trying to like tell someone else, like, like what you were just saying, that sounds yeah. completely normal. Like, Hey, like I know that you have this tendency, but maybe like, just be careful. You know, like they're they're saying it in a way like they want to be helpful, but it's like clothed in like pandering kind of. So like you really should practice emotional chastity. And I feel like 90 percent of the people who have said that like near me or around me have not really understood like the the depth of what it means. And they more just want to say something to say something. And Mm -hmm. it sounds fancy. And that's not a criticism. That's just like that's been my experience with this word is that it's just kind of like wrapped up like it sounds really pretty. And so Mm -hmm. we say it a lot. But Mm -hmm. do we really know what it means? Yeah. What it was interesting about these words is they're good words, they're good terms, the meaning behind them are good, but it's the way that we use them. And it right. and sure. like, that's why yeah. I think the disgenuineness, mm-hmm. um, disingenuousness. Thank you. Yeah. That one. Um, that's where it comes from. Yeah. You know. Um, this one drives me insane. Okay. Here it comes. <sighs> oh. Oh no, the, the third one does. This oh, one also sorry. does. Okay. The, yeah. the, the third one is guard your heart. Guard your heart. A warning for people who get too anxious when they start dating. So, quote, don't start planning that wedding right away, the author warns. Um, those who this term applies to, he says, just be cool. Just be cool, right? Guard your heart. Don't throw, like, don't start dating a guy or a girl, and then two weeks later, you're like, I love you. I can't be without you. That kind of thing. That, to me, would be a, a form of chastity. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> An actual form yeah. of, of being chased. Mm-hmm. And like guarding said, of the heart. Yeah. Like like is I said, like the, right? yeah. the idea is great, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, guard yeah. your heart. But it's becoming these buzzwords. But the words. phrase, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the it's buzz like, phrase. You're losing. It's just. Mm. Yeah, That's always like, a danger. I feel like emotional chastity is like the PhD version of guard your heart. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. like that's, that's what kind of what I was trying to say. Like someone's trying to tell someone like, just be careful, things to be aware of. Yeah. Like you don't want to mm-hmm. like dive in too quick, but then they like clothe it in like emotional chastity. And it just yeah. sounds like, Ooh, yeah. she knows words, you know? I see. That's what I was no, saying. Yeah. Yeah, so I, mean, I lied. Number four is is probably the is, worst offender is, to me. This is, this the is a personal like. <sighs> you personally. Yeah, and I've told my friends this. I'm like, please don't ask me this. Um, okay. How is your heart? <laughs> like, like, are they wondering how many cheese it's you're eating? Or yeah, are like, they are they it, wondering? This, uh, am I gonna have a heart attack soon? <laughs> and I feel heart palpitations. I get the Do feeling I, that is not what this no, is. About. No, no. Um, it's really asking like. How are you feeling on a deep emotional level? I see. Right. And it's like, so is it an invitation to, yeah, it's kind of like how, you know, like if you want to ask me how I am, ask me how I am. How are you doing? Mm -hmm. Right. I've had friends ask me, how are you doing? And then follow And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm good. And they followed it up with, no, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, not so good. Right. And, and then they say, when how is your heart? Is, yeah. When somebody is like, Hey, good day. I haven't talked to you in like two weeks. How's your heart? Nope. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> like we can't, like I can't dive into that. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. willy nilly. And I, well, like, and because and it is, people it's, can, it, but it's a very deep question. Yeah. yeah. If somebody's asking me how my, my Hebrew word Leb, how my seat <laughs> mm-hmm. of judgment is. Yeah. And they honestly want to know. That's not something I can go. Oh well, you know, I'm just yeah. kind of hanging in there. No, that that means yeah. well. Uh, that means I have to be appropriately vulnerable with mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Uh, it means that that I'm I'm going to perhaps um, practice emotional chastity. Right. But in right. such a way where I'm 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 comfortable sharing what's going on. Yeah. 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 That I don't know if I could easily like yeah. enter into. But it sounds it sounds real pretty. Right. It yeah. sounds real pretty. So like, but it I, sounds yeah. super cool. Mm-hmm. And hip, how's your heart? You know, yeah. yeah. We, we had a, there was a, a priest who was a, a spiritual director at the seminary and every seminarian that he would encounter, mm-hmm. like you would mm-hmm. say, hello, how you doing? He would say, how's your prayer life? Mm-hmm. Like, and he would slice with his hand in a slicing motion. Yep. I'm like, whoa, dude, I don't yeah. even, I don't even, I'm not your seminarian, first uh, of all, because they're not in my diocese, yeah. but I, I can't, I'm not going to tell you 100% right now exactly where I am, but he was trying to show I'm invested in right, you right. as a young man aspiring to priesthood, but it's kind of the same thing. How's yeah. your heart? And you're like, whoa, all yeah. right. Uh, let's go- I'm like, are we yeah. going there? Because I'm not going yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like taking the detour into mm-hmm. a vulnerable yeah. relationship. So the next one, I think, is again, another word that could be used very well very well it's not used very well most of the time but it's intentionality Mm -hmm. and this is used when asking about the intentions of a person regarding the future of a relationship which is just a lot of these are are relationship based Mm -hmm. now knowing how to define your intentionality can be tricky because you don't want to sound like you're thirsty (laughs) okay right right. got uh, i'm I'm learning yeah but you don't want to come across as jumping into a relationship for the wrong reasons um so the author says this question requires an intellect an intelligent answer yeah right and i don't usually use this i mean like i i do a lot of theology of the body stuff but um i also use this in life like mm-hmm. are you being intentional mm-hmm. are yeah. you calling your are you make are you calling your friends are you yeah are you stepping stepping of, willy-nilly into yeah. life or when you're when you're with your friends are you being intentional about being present there yeah. like Got it drives it. me yeah. that's why i will never ever and i don't know if anybody in here has one but like i will never ever get a, an apple watch because mm. the friends i have Mm, mm -hmm. where are you because you're not here right you're not being intentional about 
what you're doing. They're looking at the text message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know what you're doing. You ain't checking the time that much. That's right. Mm. This is a fun one. This is a fun one. This next one. <laughs> I never heard this one. A nunnaby. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've never heard that either. This never... is a wannabe nun. I've never heard this. I think it is awesome. But this is um, a woman who wants to be, you know, a religious sister or nun, right? And these are, um, I know some people who have done this. Mm-hmm. Nunnabies talk about it all the time, <laughs> right? And they can't wait to enter a convent. And it's like, good for you. But I've also seen this with with men who are entering the priesthood, right? And I, uh, you know, I I remember a certain young man was in eighth grade. And he's like, when I'm a priest. And I said, oh, yeah, God willing. And he almost bit my head off. Mm -hmm. He was like, no, 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 I will be. And I was like. Oh, okay. guard your heart. Yeah. He, is, your heart. he is not. <laughs> gotcha. The Lord yeah. did not call him that way. So, mm, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and that's great. Like, there's a there's It's a okay balance. to aspire. Sure. There's yeah. a balance between, you know, between living here in yeah. the moment and yeah. looking forward. I mean, and if you think about it, there there some people are that way with, with marriage as they are mm-hmm. with, with entering religious life. It, it consumes them. Mm-hmm. And there's a healthy way in which that can happen yeah. yeah um but then of course yeah you can kind of you, you live up in this little cloud yeah well i think it goes back to being intentional yeah with the yeah. way that you not only have relationships but the way you have conversations with people realizing like okay like i might need to temper how much i'm talking about this one thing mm-hmm. even though it's super important to me i need to be invested in how the other person's doing that's true you know? yeah. Okay, uh, we've only got a, 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 like few a minute and a half. Yeah, so we have predestinationships when people <laughs> seem to find their soulmate or think that their relationship is predestined for some special reason. Oh I have predestinationships about a bunch of people all the time. Like, so I need <laughs> to guard my heart. Seems rather Calvinist. Be intentional. Right? Yes. <laughs> um, trad bro. Right. This wow. is a conservative, trad. devout Catholic, or I've heard like tradie, like, like rad trad. Yeah, like yeah, a conservative, devout Catholic. <laughs> but can, a trad bro is also yeah. a bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. He can be a little too obnoxious, but the fact that he's also a bro and knows it makes him likable. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yes. I know some people that you could yeah. call trad bros. <laughs> yes, yes, we all do. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeff's one of our favorite trad bros. Oh, he's the trad bro, Aww. capital T. Happy Look to be here. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And our last one is an acronym. I've called, never heard this one either. I've never heard it. this one either, but it's STREAM, an acronym for St. Thomas Rules Everything Around Me. Right? <laughs> now, this so is a very true. useful expression if you're going out for drinks with your Thomas friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah. now this is only a partial list. Um, Summa 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 yeah. theologica. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Um, this is only a partial list. If you have some that you know of or yep. that you want to start trending, um, email <laughs> us backchat at catholicunderground.com. Because we're so trendy. Yeah, right? I mean, this might be a regular, you know, a regular. You've probably segment. never heard of us. You probably haven't. What? We're so underground. We oh, are. Yeah, we are. Totally. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, I think that's a great idea. Backchat at catholicundergroundcom yeah. Let us know some of your Catholic hipster terms. Like uh, old uh, Stephen in the uh, in the chat room says that his friend accompanies people as frequently as possible. Oh, that makes us all better yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Accompaniment <laughs> is important too. Yeah. Anyway, yep. stay right where you are. There's more to the Catholic Underground, uh, and our picks of the week are coming up. So stay right where you are. A prayer for vocations. O God, who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, 
Grant, we beseech you, through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, St. Joseph, her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. It is the Catholic Underground. <laughs> Sometimes I exist just to make Kathleen laugh. Uh, I'm Father Chris. Sing along if you know the words. Yeah, exactly. The words change every week. <laughs> Joined by Kathleen Lee, the laughing ninja. I almost uh, called yeah. you the space ninja, but then we oh. have to put you up upstairs. Yeah. I'm coming. Prepare a room. I'm coming up. That's right. Prepare oh, a pod no. for Kathleen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, when I was in the seminary, we, uh, oh, by the way, Olivia Gleno. Yes. Jeff Blackwell, also here. Ed Ball, yeah. Kevin. Picks of the week are coming up. When I was in the did seminary, you call me Kevin. Yeah, no, she did. No, yeah. When I was in the seminary, we had a like one particular phrase that was POD, a pod person. It was was pious and overly oh, devotional. Oh, yeah, yeah. Somebody who who on the outside, and maybe they were, you know, honestly, they were pious. Mm-hmm. Pious is 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 actually a gift of the spirit, not mm-hmm. piety. Um, but somebody who kind of lived in that little world yeah. and mm. never had any social interaction with anything outside mm, of yeah. that. So yeah, some POD. I taught that to someone the other day. Oh. Did you? Yeah. yeah. It's now admittedly probably more of a hipster phrase because yeah, there you go. you've probably never heard of you it. You should send that to Backchat. I, I, might, I might have to do that <laughs> and I would read it. So uh, Father, how, yeah. how is your heart? My heart. My, I had crawfish today, so so, so maybe not so was, good. Well, it was mostly protein. It was boiled. I mean, that's, that's good. Lots of yeah. salt. That's Lots soft. of salt. Yeah. That's true. Low fat content though, because you can scrape that out of the crawfish. Yes, this is the Catholic Underground. Uh, so, so, alrighty. Speaking uh, of scraping things out of crawfish. Oh my. Nope. No. 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 So one of the things that <laughs> I'm just going to segue away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of the way. I run away. Uh, so, so one of the things that we love on our show mm-hmm. is encountering those who have come to the faith. In fact, it's always been really neat whenever folks write in and say, "I've been listening to the Catholic Underground, and it it ca- caused some interest in." diving a little bit deeper in the faith. Well, we can't say that about this next segment, but it's really something when somebody who has some degree of of notoriety comes to know the faith. I mean, actors do this all the time, Mm -hmm. but of course now, uh, speaking of hipsters and things like that, there's the the quintessentially YouTube famous. Mm -hmm. And so as it turns out, there was a YouTube famous young lady who began to like step back into the waters of her faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, her name is, um, let's see, Lizzie Estella Rize. Mm-hmm. Um, and she got pretty YouTube famous just by um, having like a, like a Lizzie's Answers. A vlog channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like her and her camera in a room. Like, you know, this is this is 2018. This is who we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so she had her, her YouTube channel set up. And then, um, you know, over time, I think she was, um, this is what I've, I've heard about her, that she was kind of revealing like, like that she was... You know, starting to consider. Some oh, she was going through the RCIA or the inquiry process. Right, right. And mm-hmm. then she became Catholic, and she did this video that went pretty viral last month or a few weeks ago, um, where she just gives her reasons. You know, to kind of like be straight with her followers mm-hmm. because there's a sense a need for like transparency. Yeah. Um, but like you were saying, I think this is so cool. Number one, that she was bold enough to do this yes, <laughs> because that, in our day and age, this is yeah. like. Yeah. For like, a young person to actually to, to lay it on the line, for a young person to say, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're YouTube famous, you know, mm-hmm. but then to, to go even farther in and say how you are a Christian, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I'm a believer, or I'm coming to understand more about the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. That's... 
Yeah. And Gold. what's really cool about this is that it's from the perspective of a neophyte, from yeah. the perspective of someone who has just entered the church. So like, right. these are the things that, I mean, I don't know, like there's a sense of if you're a cradle Catholic or if you've been Catholic for a really long time, maybe we lose the sense of wonder, the sense of grandeur, the sense of mystery. And it just becomes like things that we do. And then maybe sometimes we get lost in the minutia of everything, yeah. which is why we have like our like petty little like, oh, I like it this way and he doesn't do it that way and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. But you know, someone who's just coming into the church sees things with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. And so it's really good to watch someone and their, their yeah. like childlike joy. And that's why converts um, and, and those who have reverted, if you will, come back to their faith mm-hmm. are often great sources of genuine Christian joy for, mm-hmm. for us because they do. They, they, show us, they show us that childlike, that childlikeness that we're all called to every time we go to Mass. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so she's had her her YouTube channel for about eight years. She started when she was sixteen. Wowzer. So yeah, we're talking about like she's she's younger than anyone in this room. Like, mm-hmm. um, and she had a few videos on like teenage relationship advice that went viral. Um, but she was never shy about talking about her Christian faith. So wow. again, like she's always invited people into that, which is what we're supposed to do. Sure. Um, and you know, as of as of today, she has over one hundred eighty thousand subscribers on her YouTube channel. Oh, she's wow. been viewed over thirty four million mm. times. My million times. Wow sweet mercy okay so um her cradle catholic friends will say that her new passion her enthusiasm helped them appreciate the mass even more like we're saying because they're looking through the eyes of a convert so we just want to take you through what um in this video that we'll put in the show notes what she talks about are like the the things that um that really shake her that really move her yeah and it's really cool to watch the video because you can see that on her face like she gets yeah. lost in her thoughts almost because she's just so moved by what she's talking about she's in her mid-20s now I guess. yeah yeah okay and the first one she she says um, multiple times in her video that she cries every time in mass because of this because number one as she says the real presence she says real presence communion but we know it as the real presence of Christ Mm -hmm. in the Eucharist that's right Um, and she said that she started to believe in the real presence a year ago um, and now she cries at consecration at mass every single time and she even quotes St. Francis which is cool um, when he says that man should tremble the earth should quake all heaven should be deeply moved when the son of God appears on the altar in the hands of the priest that's right, which which makes me quake a little bit. In fact, I was reflecting on that at mass this morning, how um, how unworthy mm-hmm. <laughs> a vessel I am, and yet the Lord wishes to use me to to communicate Himself to others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know for me as a priest, that's that's incredibly moving. Um, almost every time that it happens. I mean, wow. I, yeah, if not every time, it, but but to hear that from a from a Catholic, uh, from a young Catholic in the pew. Mm-hmm. Um, that not just do they have a respect for the priesthood, et cetera, but that they recognize mm-hmm. at some level what Jesus himself is doing. Yes. Yeah. You know? yes. Yeah, just that cognizance. I mean, yeah. I remember um, reading one time, I want to say Fulton Sheen, but I, I don't know, don't quote me. Um, okay, he was talking about, um, I mean, you can, it's whatever. But um, he was talking about, or someone was talking about how at the great amen, like when, yeah. when the, the host is elevated uh, and, and we all as a community declare amen, it's the great amen, that that is the moment when the veil ripped um, at the crucifixion. Uh, yes. yeah, That's yeah. the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so our, our amen should be so loud and so fervent that the veil rips anew. Ah, yes. That and is the, the rending of the veil yeah. that, that veils all peoples. That's interesting yeah. from, from the divine presence. That's, oof. Mm. Yeah. Got it. And I mean, like, if you it's think about... Eastern thought, too, because their yeah. great amen is really something. It's pretty mm-hmm. great, yeah. But, I mean, if you think about even, like, the veil of our hearts, you know, so mm. we, we veil 
we veil what is sacred and, and the ripping of the veil is when you know the, the holy of holies was revealed to the world because this is Christ, the Son that's of right. God who has died that's on right. the cross. Not empty. The holy yeah. of holies was not it's empty. Not empty. Yeah. And so that's what we should be, you know, calling to mind. That that's what we're experiencing. And so I think about that sometimes when I, in, you're in mass and the amen is so like, amen, you know, yeah, like so right. it's really kind yeah. of paltry. Anemic. And, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're like, no, like <laughs> he's here, he's here. Like, that's right. um, and that, so that's the the kind of enthusiasm, the kind of fervor that she's talking about. And so it's really easy to understand why she cries at mass every mm-hmm. single time. Like, and I think that's so beautiful. Um, and she also really understands the connection of the people in the church as the body of Christ um, by consuming the Lord. You know, yeah. She talks about having God within you, mm-hmm. um, and that's not something that's just conceptual for her. Mm-hmm. She, she talks about it as being real because it is. Yeah, the um, Eucharistic prayer makes it clear that, that by, by receiving the body of Christ, not only do we receive Christ the head, we receive him, mm-hmm. but we also become one through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's echoed in all of the Eucharistic prayers that we use Yeah, in one way or another. Yeah. So the second thing that she talks about um, as being really moving to her is the Nicene Creed, which is very cool. It's not one of those things that you would expect a young Catholic to go, I really, really... Yeah, I, Jones for the for the Nicene Creed. Yeah, that was a surprise to or me. Or if like, you prefer Jeff, the Constantinopolitan Nicene Creed, or the Niceno Constantinopolitan Creed, you can yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. be down for two. <laughs> yeah, he'll have two. Yeah. I'll have what he's having anyway. Continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, so she talks about how um, in her video she talks about how some of the Protestant churches still retain the creed, so they mm-hmm. still say it as a community. But the church that she was in, the Church of Christ, didn't do that, um, and so she really appreciates being connected to these historical events of the church because you know the Nicene Creed comes out of the Nicene Council, yep. um, and it's a response to certain heresies that were, were rampant at the time, and it's saying Within like the first 325 years of the church. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's saying very clearly these are the things that we believe; these are our non-negotiables, mm-hmm. and we say them to not only remind ourselves like okay don't fall into those traps but also to just renew like to confess them yeah you know Mm -hmm. yeah we talk about uh, those saints who have become confessors Mm -hmm. it's not because they went to confession or heard confessions which they did well with some many of (laughs) them did yeah yeah, yeah. many of them did but like saint edward the confessor right Mm -hmm. Uh, a king who by his life confessed the faith Mm -hmm. lived the creed imagine that kathleen Mm -hmm. one day you could be saint kathleen um confessor huh. I, I was trying to trying to think of you know like like what would be like holy married person and confessor mm. Mm. i don't know do we have we don't have a phrase for that do we like mm. like uh, really. zelly martin yeah, yeah yeah you know yeah yeah mm-hmm. well i mean they're the first wife i guess <laughs> wife mm. well, well yeah like, gotta be married confessor. first i'll let your girl <laughs> just <laughs> Back what? to how to Catholic Undergrad. What? Uh, <laughs> I am Swiss guard her heart. Swiss guard <laughs> my at heart. Backchat at catholicundergrad.com. <laughs> I'm going to start a Twitter. Dot HTML. Right Swiss guard my heart. Anyway, all right. Nicene Creed. Sorry. <laughs> Nicene Sorry, Creed. We... Back to heresies. No. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, she talks about how um, every line of the creed could have a footnote to what heresy that made that line necessary yeah. in the creed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. I almost like... I, like I kind of want to do that or like have some, you know write a blog post where we do that where we just kind of give like a little description of well this is why this is in there because so and so was saying this and then so and so punched someone else and that's right. they put it in the creed. That's like a dissertation <laughs> waiting to be written actually it probably oh, has yeah. been but yeah, no, uh, yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, it's it's genuinely inexhaustible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she, I love this quote. She says, My experience with the creed is like saying I love you to God, mm-hmm. going over my vows of baptism of what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. Wow. 
So like it's I, a I try to make that real. Um, you know, there there are a few little points in the mass where I allow some extemporaneousness. Oh yeah, yeah. Extemporaneality. Extemporaneity. Just making up all kinds of words today. There is there are certain points where I allow myself to be slightly extemporaneous, and one of those is rather than just standing up and beginning the creed. Sometimes I'll connect it and say, and, and with great courage, we profess our mm. faith mm-hmm. or something like that to yeah, yeah, show yeah. that this is one of those moments where, where we're called to belt this out, mm-hmm. not because it's a part of the mass, but because we believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's part of what God has revealed to us about himself and about the church. He hath, he hath created. He hath yeah. created. I mean to go all <laughs> King Jamesian on you there. Yeah. Yeah. just left it. He hath created. He hath created. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, so number three, she talks about holy water. And she basically is like screaming at the camera like, I love holy water, mm-hmm. which is so cool. Again, like not something I would have picked out as being like in my top three. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it just makes you think about things in a different way. Um, she talks about looking forward to having holy water fonts in her home. Nice. Um, and she she remembers her Church of Christ baptism, uh, she, again, at age 13 as being very meaningful. Mm-hmm. And she realizes that holy water is a reminder of baptism. And that's, that's not something that we remember all the time. No, right. You know, we go into the church and we're like, oh, got to get my holy water. Mm-hmm. But it's like that's a renewal of our baptism right. before we enter the church. And if um, you're lucky during the Easter season, you get the sprinkling right. Love it's like the, it. the double reminder. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and and thinking like if we want to go back, like she likes to do, like going back to the history of the church. So like the the baptismal font is the the uterus ecclesia, the womb of the church. Mm. And if we are the body of Christ, then we are reborn into that community every time we walk into the church. And just like just like we we renew wow. that when we walk out of the church because it doesn't end within those walls you know mm-hmm. we are we're called to be the church as the body of christ in the sacrifice of the altar so jeff if somebody asks you if you're born again you can respond i enter into the womb of the church every time i walk into the church mm-hmm. that that uh, that just yeah. blew me away that's right it's a good thing you you're go in space Olivia. otherwise we would have had a small nuclear reaction on earth oh mm-hmm. my heavens that's beautiful um, so she says that um, that she realizes that blessing herself with that holy water, it's that reminder of her baptism, but it's also a reminder that what she's doing is sacred, and it's a preparation mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks about number four, being alone to pray, having that alone time to pray. Um, and this is really interesting because she talks about needing processing time after the homily, yeah. um, and that she didn't get that in Protestant services, that it was kind of boom, 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 one thing after another. But I, I think one of the most... Um, I don't know, like moving experiences of mass that I've ever had was on a retreat mm-hmm. where the priest, he had a really short homily. Um, it was very moving. Uh, he didn't like, you know, cut corners, but yeah. he, he told us, it's like, and now we're going to sit for 15 minutes of silence. Mm-hmm. And he did like in the middle of mass, he just sat for 15 minutes. And it was, it was honestly like the most difficult, but the most moving thing that I think I've really experienced in the mass. Cause then I was, I was taking myself in transition from the liturgy of the word to the liturgy of the Eucharist. Yeah. Which as, as the liturgy goes, there should be appropriate times for silence. And I try, I try to remember to do that, mm-hmm. um, to, to give time, not only for, for me to, to kind of process what's just happened and where we're going, but also to, to give some time for maybe some of those little crunchables to, to begin to work their way into the, mm-hmm. into the hearts of the people who had to listen to my homily for 10 minutes or mm-hmm. 15 minutes. Yeah, so. that always drives me insane, though, because people tend to get the whooping cough. <laughs> they're, 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 they're uncomfortable, be, they're yeah, uncomfortable yeah. with yeah. the silence, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. they start to... You, you know, know what my secret there is? So I sometimes, if I'm, if I'm really saying, okay, I didn't preach forever, so we have some time here, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I will wait until I hear nothing. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that's a little while. 
So I wait until mm. the whooping cough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, the child. Uh, shifting, the, yeah, going the shifting, through your purse. Yeah, going through the purse, the writing of the check for the uh, offertory. Yeah. Don't think I don't know. I hear it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll wait for absolute silence. Yeah. Mm. And then, you know, just a, a couple of beats. Mm-hmm. And then. Let us stand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Mm-hmm. I like that. Sorry, I gave, I'm giving away all my secrets. <laughs> well, Car- Cardinal Sarah agrees with you. Sarah, that's true. Silence Sarah, is very, Sarah. very important. Yeah. Sarah. And that's what that's one of the points that she's making is that the culture is so saturated with this constant sound that we need that silent time. We do. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's uncomfortable for us. Um, so number five, she talks about the sign of the cross. Um, Which we did last week on our show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It all makes sense. It people. does. It um, it's like we know what we're doing. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> That's not that much cheese. <laughs> oh my gosh, what do I do with y'all? Um, so she says that she used to be skeptical of the sign of the cross. So that's kind of a typical mm-hmm. Protestant mm-hmm. thing. Um, she didn't really understand its meaning or significance, and it made her uncomfortable. Yeah. And now she says that it's a way to pray when I don't know how to put my emotions into uh-huh. words. Which is a cool uh, way yeah, of okay. thinking about the sign of the cross. Um, so she says that now that she crosses herself throughout the day, um, and she especially loves making the sign of the cross at Mass. Um, cool. And um, she feels surrounded, connected, and physically connected to God when she makes the sign of the cross. Which she is. Yeah, because it, it's mm-hmm. supposed to be that... that, um, that We are covering ourselves yes, with... Yes, that intentional with, reminder. Yeah, with that, that important confession of our belief in the Trinity. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I'll come to Jesus with my students because, you know, we end the prayer yeah. wherever we are. We stand for prayer, but, we, you know, we end the prayer and it's like, amen. And then it's like 30 seconds of them, like, sitting down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we have... And shall we say, the Father and the Son, we are not done! <laughs> And they're like, oh, Miss Lake, calm. Normally, those are laugh lines for. Oh, wow. No. Yeah. I'm just trying to teach people to pray. But it is, you know, I I told them, I was like, it is a prayer in and of itself. You haven't finished the prayer. Yeah. You know, you begin the prayer with a prayer. Mm -hmm. Hello. So, you know, Yes. Let's think about it that way, not just, oh, now I have now I can sit down. This mm-hmm. is the bookmark yeah. on my obligation for yeah. today. Yeah. 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 Right? Right. Yeah. You get jewels in your crown in heaven for that. It's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> She's like, it's a good thing because I like blink. <laughs> <laughs> so sparkly. <laughs> All right. Number six, she talks about Christian art, statues, and icons. Um, and this is cool because this is something that a lot of Protestants will admit that they don't understand or they mm-hmm. have a problem with. Mm-hmm. And she says that, yeah, I used to be opposed to and uncomfortable with Catholic art. And she thought that we as Catholics worship statues. Very common. Mm-hmm. Um, but now she says that art, statues, icons, those kinds of things, they help her to understand that these people that are, that are represented in an artistic way are real people who either knew Jesus or understood the faith in very important ways and they want to communicate that to us so we have art in order to enter into those things we can't stop there because that's you know idolatry so then we have to enter through those things into deeper communion with the faith uh, and the 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 tangible realities that they represent to us so like that's why you'll see mary in a lot of representations pointing to jesus or Mm -hmm. pointing to um to upwards christ Mm -hmm. will do that and a lot of the saints will do that too Mm -hmm. you know um they'll point to to the medallion of Jesus' face, like mm-hmm. St. Jude will yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, whenever I draw uh, saints, oftentimes I will make sure that they're pointing to some object that is uh, that is of God or you know yeah. of, of veneration. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're like little Easter eggs, like, yeah, like hidden in. I love that about I love that about <laughs> yeah. Catholic art. Right? Yes. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. so deep, and and I love that that we include those things in there because 
the saints themselves would not ever want people to just stop at them. No. They don't want the veneration for themselves. They want us to point to Christ, or they want to point to Christ because Mm -hmm. that's where they know that we're ultimately headed. That's where their salvation is from, and that's what they want us to understand too. Yeah. That's why we have the saints. Exactly. Yeah, and so the the crucifix was one of these these particular images that that she had to kind of grapple with because it's very violent. Mm Mm-hmm. We, we recognize that. It's very violent, and, and it used to upset her. And now she realizes, like, this is the truth of who Jesus is. This yeah. is Jesus fully revealing himself to the world as right. bridegroom, as mm. the son of God. Mm. And so now it's something to enter into, right? It's not something to be afraid of, something to enter That's into. That's interesting. There, there's, there's this really beautiful interplay between the song of songs of the bridegroom uh, awaiting his bride and longing for his bride. And, and, then, and then what happens upon the cross mm-hmm. where he is unwillingly stripped yeah you know and made an object of of derision and made an object for people to look upon and say there is nothing here Mm -hmm. and yet that very scandal is actually what reveals to to we who believe the bridegroom Mm -hmm. and what he's willing to do for us yeah oh there's there's a whole nother there's a homily in there there you go write that down i know write that down Mm -hmm. um so the next two i'll take together um so she talks about the emphasis on peace and the focus on thankfulness so gratitude and peace kind of taken together and i think those are really um essential points because they're they're really inseparable you know this concept of spiritual peace is very important to her and it's something that we emphasize over and over again in the mass that this is this is what we're after, yeah. um, and Christ knows that. God knows that, and that's that's why He He gives us these things in order to to fulfill, to satiate what we desire. And then thankfulness is being that recognition that God is is wanting to and willing to and does in fact satiate our desires, even yeah. if it's not in a way that we would have chosen for ourselves. True. Um, and then the penitential prayer um, again, not something that I would have like. Put in like, a list. Yeah. Love that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the confidior, I confess to God Almighty. Um, she understands that sin can be something that's intentional or unintentional. Right. Um, and that, that prayer helps us helps her in the Mass to reflect on her life, to think about how she hurt others and causes brokenness. And then that brokenness becomes like the, the plane of humility that she can then enter into the Mass more deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then last, the uh, the Matthew 8, 8 prayer. So, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter into my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Yep. Um, she said that this epitomizes her change of perspective after her conversion to the Catholicism. Um, in her old view, she said there was more of a sense of excess familiarity with God, and she almost like placed herself on a, a plane uh, close to God. Mm-hmm. And now she has more of a sense of God's holiness, of, yeah. of you know, of being the a creature, one if you of will, I, yes. being, of being beneath Beneath God in the good way, right? Exactly, Not yeah. trying to overtake him with my own Tower of Babel. Right. Exactly, yeah. And she has that experience of God's mercy because, you know, you, you experience mercy when you're open to it, when you're yeah. receptive to it. Absolutely. And, and from my own experience in Mass today, um, I learned that uh, John Paul talked about mercy as being the love's second name. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, yes. So when we when we place ourselves in a, in a position of humility to be able to receive that mercy and that love, God willingly gives it. My goodness, well, we could just spend even another hour on this, but uh, but yeah, thanks to, to Lizzie, and uh, beginning to answer that great answer uh, that God has, has begun in her heart, uh, mm-hmm. of, of answering what it is uh, that we are called unto, which is a person, is Jesus, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, okay, all right, all right, Jeff, uh, I promise now it's time for that part of the show that we like to call... The CU Pick of the Week. All right, uh... 
should I go to Kathleen first or Olivia? You always do, so go ahead. Okay, Kathleen. Okay. <laughs> Take it away. Welcome. No, um, I, I'm going to talk about, very quickly, a movie that I saw today, A Quiet Place. Ooh. I love a good scary movie. This one is good. Now, there's a lot of conversation out there about pro-life, Christianity. You can look up all kinds of articles on that. I'm going to talk about it right now as just a good quality movie a lot of so those don't well exist done. anymore so well done it's um directed and kind of co-written i think by john krasinski um of office fame he was jim mm -hmm. now this is a total complete like someone say he still is yes he That's is true. but you do i'm like you know how you watch the office and jim had all these faces mm -hmm. oh my gosh he uses that that gift that he has as an actor because like 90 percent of the movie is silence yeah mm -hmm. And so, and wow. have, so it's a story about a family who's, you know, the world has been invaded by these aliens who only hear, and that's how you, how they, they come for you. Cool. So if you live silently, yeah. mm -hmm. um, so well done, just well thought of, you know, with, with the, you know, the, the context of the movie, it's just so, so good. Not to mention, um, beautiful commentary on pro-life, beautiful commentary on, um, the family, on, on the mm -hmm. family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well done. It's very good. Cool. Very, very good. Yes. Olivia. Yes, thank you. I turned it down a little bit today. <laughs> no, but it's always, it's just me and you, Kathleen. I love you. You know I do. Okay, so my my pick of the week is um, The Art of Living by Dietrich von Hildebrand. Oh, um, a philosopher extraordinaire. A philosopher extraordinaire, yes. Um, and it's actually, there's a couple of essays in there. It's a series of essays, um, and a couple of them are written by his wife, also a philosopher, Alice. Um, but what he does is, it's it's one of his more popular writings. He's, he's writing this just kind of like thinking through things, um, and he wrote them as a series of essays for everyone to to read um, but he focuses on really lesser known virtues so like reverence is the first one ah okay faithfulness veracity um, what are some other ones hope not, not and I find uh, von Hildebrand readable he's very accessible mm -hmm. yeah and this book especially because the chapters are about eight pages or each essay is about eight pages oh, long. okay that's that's um, very helpful because sometimes philosophers can be wordy mm. Yes. Sometimes. <laughs> what? All the time. Most time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started reading this book last week, and it's already been very fruitful in my own prayer life. And mm. um, and I've, it's become one of those things where, like, I do the Father Chris thing where it's like, I haven't finished it, but I'm telling everyone about mm. it because <laughs> you've got to go read it. I do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So It's true. That's my cool. pick of the yeah. week. Yeah. All right. Um, and by the way, we make sure that those picks of the week are in our show notes mm. uh, at catholicunderground.com. Uh, Jeff, your pick of the week. It is a, a book by uh, Trent Horn. What the Saints Never Said. What the Saints Never Said. Mm. Yes, uh, Pious Misquotes and the Heresies They Teach You. Nice. Oh. Kind of a long title, but... Um, uh, like God Helps Those Who Help Themselves. Well, you know, I don't know. We'll have to yeah, read the book. Uh, that's uh, that's and <laughs> Heresy. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, okay, there you go. Uh, but uh, there, there's over 40 of these well-known but dubious sayings and attempts to track them to their true source. Oh, so there's cool. some research behind it uh, that goes in there, and he really tries to set the record straight. So uh, uh, some some well-known uh, uh, yeah. saints, if you will, like uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta, uh, misquotes of, of her saying. So uh, anyway, it's, it's just really a really cool Francis. book, and it's, it's not pricey. Uh, you can get it from uh, uh, shopcatholic.com, shop.catholic.com. And uh, uh, check it out. It's, it's really a neat book. I like those sorts of books, too, where people yeah. are doing some research to, to track down things. Of course, mm -hmm. that's part of what we do huh? as, uh, as Catholics. We're called to track down the sources for our hopes so that we can give an account, mm. as St. Peter reminds us in his letter. 
believe it's St. Peter. Yeah, yeah, St. Peter. Yeah. All right, mine has absolutely really nothing to do with spirituality at all. Although maybe it oh. does because it's a double entendre. Uh, so you know I'm, I'm doing the, the Camino yes. with Father Ryan Humphreys mm-hmm. uh, in August, and I'm trying things out. So like, you know, running a few things up the flagpole to make sure it's going to work, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of those things is, I mean, we're going to be on, uh, on the trail mm-hmm. every day for like a month. And especially if you're in Europe, you, you don't always get the uh, the washing machines that you, you yeah. you'd need. That you can't understand. Right. And so, and so my pick of the week, because I've tried it, Camp Suds. Nice. It's a bottle of, um, of a blend of purified water, vegetable-based, biodegradable uh, stuff, cleaning agents, and natural fragrance oils. Oh. And uh, this is what basically you'd use like in your RV or in your campsite. Uh, for for washing up, so mm. you can use it uh, in your hands, your face, your hair, your clothing, dishes, anything wow. washable. And so um, I I was uh, on my day off. I decided <laughs> to try it out. Mm-hmm. So I washed my socks. Oh, I washed my underwear, and I washed my my undershirt <laughs> in the camp suds. That's and and hung cute. it to dry. Yes, it's it's a family show, you guys. I did mean, you light a did you light anyway. a campfire and like? I didn't. No, I didn't go out outside. Your this is, this is stri- <laughs> strictly Kumbaya. inside. In Write the some poetry. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want to see if it works Hipster. because I mean, <laughs> you've probably Whoa. never heard. This is going to be my life for a month, and I want to make yeah. sure that I can actually clean my clothing. That's important. So, so sure enough, works. Nice mm. pleasing scent. Nice. Yeah. Um, oh, right. Air dried. No problem there. All right. Mm-hmm. So camp suds. Is, uh, is my pick of the week. Yeah, Ed and I, I like have it. camp suds, but it's usually with a, in an ice chest or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just in the cooler. In the cooler. That's a brewski, <laughs> Jeff, a brewski. Anyway, we're always grateful for those who, uh, who follow us and those who are our benefactors, both financial and spiritual. Isn't that right, Jeff? Absolutely. This week, Catholic Underground is possible because of people just like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. And portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash donate. Catholic Underground. More information at catholicunderground.tv. That is right. And if you want the show notes for this episode, because we know you're going to want to find out about my camp suds. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, then uh, go to catholicunderground.com to do that. Uh, we're sorry. <laughs> Our panelists this week have been Kathleen Lee. She's the benefactress. I'm not sorry at all. No, she's not. You're you can, welcome. You can find her at Kaylee. 626 on Instagram. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Olivia Galino, you can find at OM Galino on Instagram. That's right. OMG. Yep. Galino. Uh, and then, uh, of course, Jeff is our technical director. He's on all of the things as Jeff Blackwell Us. Jeff Blackwell mm-hmm. Us. That's, That's it. That's right. Uh, our research assistant, the leader of the crew in the lab, is Jim Hayes. Our video director is Ed Ball. And you know me. <laughs> I'm sorry again. I'm Father Chris Decker. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram at Digital Catholic. We hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. We're Catholic Underground. We're Faith Gone Digital. And we'll see you next time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.